Hello, Internet, and welcome back to Antiheroes Anonymous, or welcome for the first time, if it's your first time joining us. I'm Ethan, and I'm the Dungeon Master for this 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons show. Hi, I'm Nick. I play Embers, the Tabaxi Monk. Hi, I'm Kay. I play Elwyn, the Elvish Druid. Hi, I'm Melissa, and I play Teflon Squizaker, and she's a pixie bard. Hi, I'm Zach, and I play Rook, the Changeling Artificer. Previously, on Antiheroes Anonymous, the Silver Seekers have been investigating a plot by the Dragontooth Brotherhood to steal a clutch of dragon eggs from a caravan in a few days' time. A journal found in one of their hideouts has laid the whole plan bare, including the date and time of the attack. The information will soon be in the Warden's hands, but two problems remain. First, Governor Nyasa is still at risk of assassination by the Brotherhood, and second, Two canisters of Dragon's Breath, a potent weapon stolen from the highest bid auction house, are still in play. The group now heads back to the mill house with a great deal to discuss between them. Uh, so that is exactly where we're going to pick up tonight. Um, the group of you have been trekking across town uh, with your two newest friends, um, Squall and Bracca in tow. Um, uh, the proprietor of the highest bid auction house being Squall and uh, his chief of security, Braca, um, having been invited to dinner at the mill house with the group of you um, to sort of hear more of what you went through to recover the dragon's, uh, dragon's breath. Um, it's a bit of a trek across town, and by the time you get there, um, the sun is setting and uh, evening is at hand, um, but as you come into the mill house, you can see that it is uh, warm, there's a fire going in the hearth, um, and it is uh, busy as the dinner rush always is with, with Nora, Tess, uh, and now also Molo, uh, all rushing around trying to get plates to tables and, um, you know, uh, just serve the, the patrons in general. However, it seems like uh, one of the tables um, in the uh, in has kind of been set up as your regular table. Um, and Molo in particular seems to be guarding that table very fiercely. Uh, whenever people like go near that table, I uh, love Molo. he rushes up and he's like, no, no, this is, this is where the silver circles sit. This is not a table you can take. Uh, and he um, <laughs> wards them off uh, to other tables in less prime positions. Um, and so, yeah, you come in, the little, the little bell by the door jingles, um, 
Nora looks up and kind of gives you away. (laughs) (laughs) Now there's other available tables. He's just keeping yours safe. Um, Nora gives you a wave as you come in um, and then kind of gets right back down to her business. Uh, What would you like to do? Tevins wants to fly up and talk to Malt. Uh, Yeah, make a perception check to try and find his place of hiding for the evening. Embers is going to go briefly up to the room um, to kind of unwrap the package she got and see what the rest of it is and just put it with her things. Okay. I I think Uh, Rook will show their guests to their table now. To our table. I will. Elwyn will go to the bar to check in with Nora and to put in an order for food. Okay. Uh, we will start with Tuppence here, and then we'll just kind of go in the order that you said things. What was that perception check? 14. Um, I think with that, you're able to spot Malt pretty easily. Um, he's kind of in a central position now. He's surveying the patrons that have come in for the dinner rush, trying to size up where the juiciest gossip is going to be. Um, he hasn't quite decided where he's going to perch for the evening, it looks. Then we came in. Yep. <laughs> now he knows where the yeah, juice so you is. can fly okay, up to him if you time, want. If we have a permanent table, he'll be camped up there all black. Okay, so... Um, it is I'm directly all. under one of the rafters, by the way. I'm all. Oh, hi, Tuppence. Miss me today? Hmm. I suppose. All right, good enough. Was your day productive? Hey, remember you sent us uh, to that um, auction house? And I see you've brought Squall and Braca back in tow. Will they be staying with us now? <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? No, um, just thought it would be more comfortable. I was hungry. Just thought it'd be more comfortable to talk about what happened here. But I just wanted to fill you in. But if you're going to be over our table, I guess maybe I didn't need to do it personally. But I know how you love gossip, so... I appreciate the thought. And I'll be sure to be listening when you're talking. But if there's ever anything else you want to share with me, I will certainly welcome. Okay. Um, I know it hasn't been long, but you haven't heard anything about the fan, have you? Do you have anybody on that? Um, he shakes his head and says, I have been thinking about it. I'm not exactly sure how to proceed, but surely someone I communicate with has some inkling. I'll let you know as soon as I figure out how to approach finding more information. Sweet. You're the best. All right. So we're going to be talking to them about what happened. So all ears on you. Bye. Uh, He gives you a little smile and a wave of one of his claws. Um, He's generally kind of grumpy in demeanor, but he seems thoroughly charmed by Tuppence in general. Um, Like, he definitely brightens up whenever you approach. Uh, And yeah, so uh, he then um, flutters his wings over to the rafter that is directly above your table and kind of settles in there. Um. So Embers then kind of jets upstairs with her package. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
you get into the room, close the door behind you. Uh, and it's a, it's not a large package. Um, it kind of fits in the hand, um, but it's very sort of unevenly wrapped and kind of lumpy and hard to tell what might be inside. It's just in this like brown paper. Okay. Uh, yeah, I want to stow the book and the letter with my things and then uh, unwrap the package. Okay. Um, you peel back the paper little by little. You kind of have to tear into it. Um, and there's a couple layers of paper around this thing. Um, but what falls out into your hand is a familiar object. Um, it is the um, metallic concentric circles that make up the uh, holy symbol that Merimus wore around his neck um, every time he went to see you and that you saw Megan wearing around her neck when she came to visit the tavern as well. Is this, this is like, um, is it like a necklace or like a headband or like how is this worn? Um, it has, so uh, Merrimus always wore it like around the neck, like as a, a necklace type thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it has a place where it can be attached to like a chain or, or like a leather um, string or something like that to hang around the neck. Um, but it could also... Um, be worn in any number of other ways if you wanted to like attach it to a belt or something like that. Um, there's definitely different options. Okay. Um, do I have like a string or or any any link with twine? I think I think it's gonna like. I would, think you like... would considering yeah, how much you yeah. fit your clothes. Right. Yeah. Um... A cat would not have twine. What? <laughs> Embers just bats it around the room when no one's looking. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna like hastily string some some like some twine through this and like like put it on, um, and then Embers is gonna like really also hastily like groom herself a little bit, like you know the way cats do, like like lick her paw and then just like kind of rub rub it through her hair and just trying to like get herself looking slightly nicer before she runs back downstairs. Okay. Um, when you when you put it on and uh, spend a little bit of time grooming yourself, mm -hmm. um, uh, it becomes clear to you, uh, sort of as the, the symbol kind of rests against your fur, um, it has a little bit of a warmth to it, mm -hmm. just like a natural warmth. Um, and it's clear to you that this uh, symbol has some sort of magic to it, actually. Um, what that magic is exactly, you don't know. Yeah. And I think I'm not even paying that much attention to it. I'm only wearing it because it's jewelry and it's the only jewelry I have. Mm. Okay. Then yeah, Embers comes back down for a little bit smoother than usual. Uh, and you said she wears it around her neck. Yeah. Uh, this holy symbol of uh, Pelor uh, adorned around her neck as if it were jewelry. Um, let's see. I think Rook was next. What was Rook going to do again? Remind me. I was just showing our new friends to the Silver Series oh, yeah. table. Um, a couple seats. Molo comes running up with a couple extra tears, just like dragging behind him. I got some extra seats! There you go! Thanks, like Molo. slides them under the table and the table like shakes. And, I, and Rook will kind of, into you know, space them out properly and make sure they're okay for uh, Squall and, and Braca be like, oh, 
Here's your chairs. Yeah. Um, Squall basically uh, pulls out the chairs for everyone else. So, like, uh, he pulls out a chair for Rook to sit in, and then he pulls out a chair for Braca. <laughs> and basically everyone who comes to the table, he, like, pulls out their chair. And then finally, when no one else is, like, um, coming to the table, he, he sits down himself. It's funny, because uh, Rook was going to do that for him. So they're, like, sitting <laughs> in each other's chairs, like, after you, please. When, like, you when Embers joins as well, he does try to, like, pull out a chair for her. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how she'd react to that. Yeah, oh, that's, that's very thoughtful of you. Um, I'm just going to roll an insight check real quick. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, he pulls out the chair that is right next to Braca. <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh, and he gives you a little bit of a eyebrow wiggle as well as he does. Um, and then Elwyn went up to Nora to just sort of get food ordered. Um she is at the at the bar, uh, and she says, "Oh, oh, hello, Elwyn. Um, tonight uh, I've got some trout uh, in the works. I hope that's a good enough meal." That sounds lovely. We have a couple guests at our table. I'm I happy to pay for their meal. I've seen I've seen Braca around, and I assume that dashing gentleman must be her employer, Squall. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we had some heard talk about him, him, but he doesn't visit too frequently. He's a fine, fine gentleman, if I do say so myself. Very charming. He certainly looks the part, and she gives a little bit of a smile. Well, if it slows down around here tonight, you're welcome to come over and say hi. Uh, I just might at that. I'm always happy to meet, you know, new patrons. Um, I find that when I give them a friendly welcome, they're more likely to return. And she kind of gives you a little wink there. (laughs) Maybe you're a little bit too friendly for your own good, Nora. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Do you think we could get a bottle of wine for the table? Yeah, yeah, I'll see what I have. Um, I'll try and bring out something nice. Thank uh, you. And she goes back into the back room and presumably down to the cellar. Okay, then I will go to the table. And... Uh curtsy at Squall if he pulls out my chair. <laughs> he does. Yep. Me. He stands up, pulls out your chair for you. Well, thank back you, down. Oh, you're quite welcome. Quite welcome. <laughs> uh, and he, when um, Nora begins to bring out food and, and set, you know, the, the fish down on everyone's plates, um, he's very gracious about like thanking her for the meal and, um, uh, you know, all of that. They have a kind of a polite and friendly, um, oh, hi, I'm Nora, you know, oh, I'm Squall, pleased to meet you, charmed, I'm sure, sort of conversation. Right. Um, <laughs> Braca stays quiet through most of this, uh, but eventually you're all left alone with your meals on the table uh, with the um, time and ability to chat amongst yourselves. And Tuppence finishes real quick, kisses little, and she sits at the table with her her head in her hands, just staring at Squall with her head slightly tilted. <laughs> so is what um, was in that coffee he served us? <laughs> what was it? I don't know. It left you all thirstier than <laughs> expected, I think. <laughs> um yeah, uh he 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 looks around the table and says, So uh I believe I was promised a tale of how you were able to, for the most part, complete your assignment. 
Tuppence is a very good storyteller. Tuppence is a very good storyteller. Tuppence Take is... the floor. <sighs> it's your whole job. Maybe Haven't you written I... a song about it yet? Oh, that's what I was thinking in my head. Isn't that what we hired you for? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly it's not your, your brawn. <laughs> you want to have another go? Come on. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. <laughs> oh, do have the two of you done some sort of contest of strength in the past? Well, that, I, that is something I wanted I would to care to see. <laughs> I wanted to invite Tuppence to join our little group, you know, when we had our first job way back. And Rook wasn't so sure. He thought, well, scrawny little thing like that, she'd get squashed like a bug. But she had gumption. There's muscles hidden somewhere in this pixie. She challenged Rook to an arm wrestling match, and he has never been able to live it down since. Um, I mean, imagine Rook losing to a pixie. Squall just kind of like raises his eyebrows with like um, a little bit of a chuckle at that, but Braca like bursts out laughing. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the funniest thing she's heard. Rook just kind and of she just says, his arms and looks away. She, she looks at Rook and says, you, you lost to a pixie in an arm see, wrestling competition? You can see like his face sort of reddening <laughs> oh, no. a little bit. Like he's just... You can see the truth written all over him. He just like shakes his head, like. Gosh. When when Rook's face turns red, does Rook's like face turn red? Um, no, I think it's just like he like blushes, like you know. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think the point is like, does the blush show even in in your disguise? Well, Why wouldn't it? I did write a little ditty about that experience. If you'd like to hear it. Mm, certainly, of course. If you think that's the best vessel for this story. Three new friends in a bar were listening to Star when Elwyn was taken aback. She asked the bard to unite, but Rook thought she wasn't right. How could a wee fairy attack? Tiny Tuppence stood her ground, then she turned right around, suggesting she's none the meeker. Arm wrestling was the game. Rook turned out to be lame, and now the pixie's a silver seeker. Uh, here, here. Yeah. Claps. Um, and Braca is just like smiling uh, ear to ear. <laughs> A good story. I like it. One of many, I hope. And so I, I take it this is how the group of you all came together. Um, and then I, I know how you came to me, of course, through Malt, but. What what happened at the warehouse? That's what I'm most curious to hear. Well, let's dive in to the story. Yes. <laughs> and we'll tell him. Okay. Yeah. Unless you have something specific to say, Tuppence. Um, I was just gonna say that um how we came in through the we start with how we came in through the chimney and then we can all go from there. Were we gonna mention the Cobalt spot too, or keep that to ourselves. Have we? Might, we haven't discussed told you that. You guys, that? Oh yeah. Uh, I think you were oh, but I was I it. Mention it. You were there, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm not um, sure if Embers knows because you were busy, but I guess it's up to you. Yeah, I think I know. Um, I have I have a question about that that occurred to me sometime in last week. Is all of this happening the same day as the morning that Rook um, reviewed Torrin's memory? That was in the morning, I believe. 
right? Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah. So Torin went through that whole warehouse raid with like lipstick eyebrows drawn on him. <laughs> well, I mean, he probably saw his face at some point, right? Or not? Uh, no, I mean, I no, he didn't. No? He, yep. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, the entire. But, um... I, I think that, and he also uh, is marching prisoners back yeah. to the city. Right. He's on his way back to the war. Oh, man. Yeah. But didn't Molo tell him he had something on his face or he had a new. Yeah, day? but he like Molo dismissed made him. a comment, but yeah, yeah, I don't think I that Torrin was too dense to, to pick it up. I think Torrin was <laughs> like, like, broken. back away with you, Kobold, blah, 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 like, you know, when he walked by. Nice. I'd forgotten that was today. Yep. So, yeah, he totally yeah. raided the warehouse with like. A disguise on. Makeup yeah. and um, yeah. is probably at this very moment reporting to his commanding officer. With it. <laughs> yes, it's perfect. Good, good point. Um, but yeah, so do you do you out. mention the spy? Do you mention the journal? I think like if we're all sort of just kind of filling in the blanks, we would pr probably just like sparsely say, "Oh, there was like a prisoner," and it, unless they they're interested, he asks questions. I don't think we'd go further. I think I he's wouldn't. probably mostly interested in the story of how we found his briefcase. So mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's probably what we focus on is like we right. infiltrated the warehouse. We fought these things. There was a dragon with all these mage hand things. It was Swole creepy. Bold. And yeah. your your briefcase was there. So rounded up a bunch of a bunch of Cultist. cronies. Cultists. But the two missing them. canisters. Hmm. That is a problem. But um well, I know you mentioned that you had some ideas for how to pursue that, and that is your expert area of expertise. So, I'll leave that to you. Um, of course, I'm I'm not too you know, picky about the methods you must employ, but um, I do hope you're able to recover those. Um, however, whether or not, um, I think you've certainly done enough to to warrant the payment we discussed, and um, well. As you mentioned previously, it does seem like this job is a bit more dangerous than anticipated. I had no idea you'd get entangled with an organization so uh, um, terrible as, as the Dragontooth Brotherhood. I, ha I had no idea. And for my part, I apologize for um, getting you wrapped up in that. I have a, I have a question as well. Um, we're not done dealing with the Brotherhood. And I think that it's likely that those canisters might come out to bite us. I don't know if we'll get to recover them before they're used against us. Can you tell us what we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, he kind of gives a... He, he nods slowly and then to kind of leans in a little bit, lowering his voice. Well... Do any of you know much about the the practices that were put in place when the Empire overthrew the dragons and um, bent them to its will? Do I know? Well, you could roll a history check, I... which you're now proficient I in. I am proficient in this. I shall. Ooh, Ember's got a good score. I'm going to give myself guidance, too. Munchkin. I... I got a dirty 20. I got a 24. Ooh, okay. Shoot. 11 for me. Yeah, so Elwyn probably is not so sure. Embers no. and, and Rook might have some idea. What about Tuppence? 13. 
Yeah. So um, Tuppence, again, it'd be kind of not really your area of expertise since you kind of just arrived in this plane recently. Um, but Embers and Rook would know um, two things or would, would know the same things, but uh, the way you know the information is a little bit different. Um, you would know that um, one of the means by which uh, the, uh, the Draco Spears, which is um, the organization within the empire uh, that kind of handles uh, the dragons and has done so since the dragons fell, um, one of the means they use to sort of control the dragons is that they extract um, the dragon's breath from the dragon. Uh, there's actually um, like a special organ in the dragons that produces the breath. Uh, and so they're able to extract that. Um, and it can then be injected back in uh, when the Draco Spear wants the dragon to use the, their, their breath weapon. Um, and there have been cases of, uh, you know, individuals injecting themselves with it, but that can go horribly wrong. Um, and that's the sort of thing that you know. Embers, you'd know this from reading history books and things like that during your time in prison. Um, but Rook, uh, when you start thinking about it, that voice creeps back in oh, your head and it, it informs <laughs> you of this. It says, well, for many years the draco spears have extracted breath from the dragons and stored it in, in vials and containers and it can be re-injected into the necks of the dragons when necessary a brutal practice from the perspective of the dragons if i do say so myself I, I think Ember's like just kind of nods and says, so not likely to be used against us then. Um, Squall kind of nods and says, well, it will certainly depend on who and what you're coming up against. The Dragontooth Brotherhood, as far as I know, well, they're a bunch of dragon-worshipping fanatics, but as far as I know, there's no dragons outside of the Stration Empire's control. Thank you for your honesty. We won't tell anybody. That said, um, if if it does end up getting used against you, um, this particular shipment of, of dragon's breath was, well, it was the breath of a young red dragon. So it, it will be, it would be quite painful to be on the receiving end of that. Um, so I will say, just take care. And uh, he kind of uh, gives you a, a concerned look. Um, were all the canisters the same? Sorry, were they different colors or like? No, the, it was like, um, so there were metallic spheres, six of them nestled into this sort of like um, foam mm -hmm. uh, within a case. Um, and all of the spheres looked pretty identical, but two okay. of them were open. Right. I or guess... were missing, rather. So on that assumption, we can assume they were all of the same potency or from the same source. Or at least they weren't marked. Um, okay. 
but yeah, according to Squall, this this case contained um, the breath of a young red dragon. I see. So the only uses for this thing are, are on dragons. There's no other. They can't be used as like explosives or poisonous fog or. Well, an accomplished alchemist perhaps might be able to make some use of them. Um, or someone with a particularly high fortitude, perhaps, um, when injected into, say, your average ordinary person on the street, I, I would say the results are likely to be disastrous. But there have been cases where when injected into a um, an individual with a, a stout constitution, they've been able to, well, regurgitate the breath with minimal side effects. and. Um, he, he smiles a bit there, and, but uh, then goes on. But even so, these minimal side effects, when it comes to dragon breath, minimal is, well, it's relative. It's certainly a dangerous thing to attempt. Um, there's also been, as far as I'm aware, a little, uh, some success uh, injecting it into wyverns. But again, most wyverns are under imperial control, as far as I know. Uh, either that or they're wild. And <laughs> he laughs. Uh, who's going out and domesticating wyverns? What kind of fool does that? Who's going out and smuggling a bunch of strange creatures into a city to create a distraction? A fair point. Somewhere in another dimension, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, Exantia party feels very called out by this comment. <laughs> Tevin says, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm kind of new here. What's a wyvern? Uh, um, and then Bracca, like as Squall is trying to think of how to explain it, Bracca just chimes in and says, it's like a smaller dragon with a stinger. Like, like malt? And she looks up and notices malt for the first time. A uh, bit bigger. Okay. Thanks. Uh, and she actually kind of doesn't really take her eyes off Malt for a little bit. She just kind of stares up at him. <laughs> I see this tavern has a, a, a patron Drake. How how quaint. Uh, Squall kind of gives Malt a little look as well. Um, and having now been noticed by pretty much everyone, Malt um, <laughs> begins to lumber off elsewhere in the tavern. <laughs> Tuppence giveth and Tuppence taketh away. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I probably would have said that in an aside to whoever I'm sitting next to, but that's okay. I didn't really want to give up Malt. <laughs> It's not a big table, so um, it's pretty likely you'll get overheard. Um, but yeah, uh, everyone seems to enjoy the um, the fish that was served. It's it's very well well cooked. Um, and there's... I would like to be asking Squall questions about himself as we eat, as the conversation drifts into or away from the serious stuff. Mm -hmm. I will just lift my wine glass and look at Squall and say, so how long have you been in, in Port Horizon Shroud? Squall, have you always had your little auction house? 
Oh, I've, I've been here for quite some time. Um, I do travel now and again for business um, throughout the empire, but Horizon Shroud is home. Uh, in fact, I met Braca on one of those business trips, I, I, uh, if I recall. And Braca kind of um, chimes in and says, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, if I recall correctly, you were in a pretty big spot of trouble until I came along. <laughs> true, true enough that I was. Um, but you certainly proved your worth and you've proved it ever since. Uh, best hire I ever made. And he kind of raises a glass. Braca just says, like, damn right. And where are you from originally, Braca? Oh, I need to look at my map of the Empire really quick. Hold on. I did it. I made the DM look at his notes. <laughs> <laughs> boop, boop. Looking at the map. Um, there we go. Uh... Boop, boop, with loading noise for the DM. Mm-hmm. For some reason, my computer takes forever opening these map images, so it just... Hold on. <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, right. Well, uh, I'm from Vidun, uh, believe it or not. It's been a bit of a strange couple of years. Um, of course, I, I've been living here in Horizon Shroud for a while now, so the Empire is more home than, than Vidun was, but still, it's strange to have your home not be part of the Empire and then be part of the Empire. I apologize. I'm still getting used to the uh, geography here. I'm not quite... I'm not from here either, you see. Uh, is that near nearby, Vidun? Uh, it's uh, the state north of Vagma. You've, you've probably heard of Vagma, at least. Have I heard of Vagma? <laughs> well, roll a history check. Not bad. That's a 17. Um, you have, in fact, because um, of the three states that the Empire absorbed, um, Vagma was the most important um, in that uh, Vidun or sorry, Vidun, Vidun, yeah, Vidun. Uh, Vagma and Ardalir were all independent states, um, but Vidun and Ardalir kind of owed their independence to Vagma uh, because Vagma was a significant power. Um, there was a lot of, um, uh, you know, um, magical uh, research and things like that congregated there. Um, and so they kind of protected Vidun and Ardalir from imperial advances. Uh, and um, as the, you said you rolled a 17? Yeah. Um, yeah, as you've heard it, uh, it was only when Vagma fell that Vidun and Ardalir also succumbed to the empire. Okay. As far as placement on the map, um, yes, it is. So Sergil is the very bottom state, mm -hmm. and then Ardalir is kind of north in the middle of the continent. Mm -hmm. Vagma is north on the west side west of the side, yep. continent. Yep, and then Vidun is above Vagma. Okay. Okay. 
Um, right. Well, that that sounds. Uh, is it a lovely place, the Dune? What's it like there? Uh, there's lots of lakes and things like that in the middle. Uh, I'm from a fishing town. Um, oh, some forests, some grassy plains. Pretty nice place. Like Warmer fish. than here. I was gonna say, I kind of elbow embers. Did you hear that? She likes fish and embers. What's your favorite fish? She, you know, kind of like shrugs a little bit. Salmon? Salmon's pretty good. I like salmon. Cool. Smoked salmon's good. Yeah, I mean, the, the trout tonight was good too, but salmon would have been better, I think. Can always go for some salmon. Trout She's fried. just nodding. <laughs> I'm just watching this exchange very with this very happy smile on my face as I'm sipping my wine. Fried fried fish, not my favorite, but it was okay. Yeah. Smoked, grilled, that's better. Yeah. Still good though. <laughs> All right. Well, I thought it was just lovely. We don't get trout like this much back home. So Squall, what other places uh, do you travel to? Oh, I've been all over the Empire. Um, never been to Elnord, actually. I've been as I've been as far as Rubrun, but I've never had occasion to visit Elnord, personally. Uh, I, I've, I've got to I've got to admit, I least like traveling over to Daegu. Um, all of the the swamps and bogs can be a bit irksome. I much prefer the you know the open plains of Ardalir or the forests of Nearus uh, much more quaint and, and charming if I if I had to pick one you'd have loved Silent Run then it was beautiful is that where you're from yes uh, I'd love to hear about it we don't see many fairies around here it's, uh, my village was very beautiful and and Lovely and magical, but it is no more. Um, a, a, a very sad look kind of crosses his face. Um, very sympathetic, and he says, oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, as far as I know, I'm the only survivor. So one of these days, we'll try to figure out what happened, but I'm still in a little bit of shock. That's terrible. Um, I'm very sorry to hear that. I reach over and just kind of put a finger on Tempest's back. Well, you know, it's part of history now. We just have to move on. Um, Baraka says, my parents are dead too. It happens. Yeah, it's tragedy. Still gives you nightmares. I do. She just kind of nods. But friends <laughs> help a lot, don't they? I'm very appreciative of mine. Yes, yes. Uh, friendship is certainly one of the, the great remedies of the world. Fly certainly. Over and, and get on Ember's shoulder again. <laughs> and yeah, I Glenn, think there's... Glenn with her new necklace. Wow. <laughs> 
there's probably a little bit of an awkward silence after that before sort of more, um, you know, upbeat and jovial conversation continues. Um, Squall asks a lot of questions about like Elwyn and where she's from since she's, you know, showing so much interest in him. Um, did we, did he ever mention where he was from? He just said like, he calls this place home and he travels a lot, but did he tell us where he was from originally? I don't think he did say, no. I would ask. Ah, uh, well, you've probably never heard of it. Well, I've never heard of a lot of places. That doesn't mean you can't tell me. It's just a small village, um, not not too far from here. Um, you wouldn't believe it to look at me now, but uh, I was once a small town country boy. Can I roll an insight check? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Yeah. That's not very good. <laughs> That's a seven a seven so, yeah okay. um yeah uh i mean he he seems to be making a joke at like you know how far he's come and all of that but um it's hard to glean anything off of that because he's just got this jovial demeanor about him at the moment okay i won't push it and yeah i mean if he asks about where i'm from i would say well uh my hometown is, is known as the Oasis outside of it. A little place uh, south of here in Iand. Is that right? Iand? Mm-hmm. Iand? Well, I can't say I've ever heard of the Oasis, but... Um, Not many I, people I have. travel to Iand on occasion. Perhaps I'll find an opportunity to visit this Oasis. Well, might have a little bit of trouble finding it, unless you oh. really needed to find it. Yeah, it's uh, it's called the Oasis for a reason. It's protected by some magic, so only people who truly need shelter, who are truly in trouble, lost out in the Arctic, can find salvation there. At least that's what they say. Well, now I'm I've never had any intrigued. trouble. <laughs> I've never had any trouble finding it, but perhaps I'll have to find myself in some trouble. So that I can locate this oasis. And he gives you a a, kind of a flirty smile. It's a beautiful city, though, once you go in. All of the buildings look like they were made from from ice. Gorgeous and and translucent and blue and crystalline. crystalline It's gorgeous. I can hardly imagine. Mostly elves live there, you know, but we're starting to see some, some other races coming in. Uh, I, w- I will confess, I, w- when I first saw you, um, Lady Elwyn, I had assumed that you'd be from, you know, uh, near Amberharth. Um, I was a little surprised to hear that you hadn't heard of Amberharth when you, um, w- when I mentioned the deed. Well, no, I, I've never really traveled outside of my hometown until recently. It's my first time in the Empire. I admit I, I haven't really learned anything about it until the last few months well it's just that um i i just don't meet many elves i I, i've met many elves but but very few of um your particular complexion and i i've heard that a great number of them are gathered around amber hearth now i've i've um they tend to stick to um 
you know, uh, caves and underground areas around there. So I've, I've never really met any in my travels up that direction, but it's just what I've heard. Hmm. You hear a thing well, that traveling is around. Well, sounds like we have at least one reason to go up there eventually anyway, so. Maybe some cousins or something? Or... <laughs> <laughs> Not all of us elves are related to each other, you know. Amberhearth is certainly a far cry from Ion, so that seems quite unlikely. <laughs> Still, it might be interesting to go check it out. See how people live in other parts of the world. That's the whole reason I'm here, after all. Well, it's a beautiful location. Certainly worth visiting. Uh, and I, th Still, I do I think you'll be impressed with the keep. Uh, I do think so. It's a very generous offer, like I said. I think we have a little business to finish here first, but... I wouldn't be opposed to going up and checking it out. Love that idea. I can't wait. <laughs> um, so dinner starts to wind down. People start to get a little bit tired as it gets later in the evening. Um, and yeah, at one point, uh, it gets to a point where it looks like um, Squall and Brock are going to probably take their leave uh, for the night. Um, I think like, like Ember's just like blurts out to Braca. That's that's a really nice suit that you're wearing. I like I like your clothes. They look tailored. They're well made. Uh, Braca uh, looks at you, gives you a little bit of a nod, and says, "Yeah, yeah, they they are tailored. Um, Squall takes care of all of that." He knows a bit more about clothes than I do. Uh, oh, yeah? So Squall's your tailor then? Well, no, but, I mean, he, well, he goes shopping and I accompany him and he sees things that he thinks, you know, would look good or professional and and so I buy those, you know? Um, and, and then he knows tailors and people, so he helps me get them fitted it's really not my wheelhouse, but I'm happy that you like them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. I like your um, necklace. Thanks. Just got it. Looks old, in mm -hmm. like a good way. It might. It might be. Cool. Mm hmm. Well, you know, um, I come by here every now and again. It's a good place to drink, good place as any. So if you're going to be staying here, maybe I'll see you around. Listen, Brock, I'm, I used to be so much better at this before prison. I, you know, I don't seem to get like much of a reaction out of that from, from Brock. I know I'm a little bit about it shabby looking and I don't have a fixed dress, but I keep myself pretty clean and I'm free of disease. Um, what do you say? I, um, I think you were asking me on a date. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I keep myself pretty clean and I'm free of disease too. So I say, let's do this thing. All right, great. I have to read tonight. 
So not tonight, but sometime soon. Cool. Uh, I'll come by and we'll talk about it. All right, great. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> she just turns around. <laughs> Squall's waiting for her by the door and they walk out. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> I'm free of disease, Nick. <laughs> I told you this was going to be the most pathetic pickup line you'd ever heard in your life. Oh man! Starts hearing the hesitation, and she kind of flies off a little bit at a time. <laughs> Give him a little privacy. <laughs> oh man! No, after Bronca leaves, Elwyn will will come up and and grab Ember's Ember's arm and hug it and be like, "You did it! Good job!" Uh-huh. <laughs> come on, let's get you upstairs. Yeah. So I will escort embers up to our room. Okay. Um, Tuppence, can you make a perception check while you're still in the tap room area? That's, let's see, 18 plus one. You notice Rook really trying not to laugh hard. (laughs) So 19, (laughs) you said? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the tavern has cleared out quite a bit. Um, but there's still a number of, of groups here kind of sitting and, and lingering over drinks and things like that. But there's also a group in the corner of, uh, it looks like um, like a bunch of uh, teenagers, um, you know, a variety of uh, different types of kids. There's some dwarves, there's some humans, there's a dragonborn or two. Um, but they're all hanging out in the corner uh, and they're watching tuppence. They've, and they've been watching her, actually, now that you think about it, they've been kind of in that corner most of the night. Um, now that you kind of reflect on it, they probably have been watching you quite a bit throughout. Okay. Uh, so noticing this, Tuppence will go fly over there. Hi, guys. What's up? Ah, she came and talked to us. Uh, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Uh, and one <laughs> of them... Um, uh, a, a, a girl dwarf um, in the corner kind of speaks up and she says, hi, uh, we, um, we, we've been here a couple times uh, when, you, when you played shows. Uh, we're fans. You're just so great. We love you, Tuppence. Oh my gosh, that's so nice. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't perform tonight. It was a really, really long day. But you know, I have a little something if you don't mind that I don't sing, I'll be happy to play you a little bit. No oh, charge. Just for us? I, I mean, yeah, there's sure. not many people here. You probably won't just, get many tips or anything. Nope. It's just for you, just real quick, because you're so sweet. <laughs> They're all, like, just so excited about that. Yes, please, 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 please. So instead of the lute that I normally play, I'm going to get out my mom's pan flute and play a little bit for them. Okay. Um, as you pull out the pan flute uh, and sort of bring it to your mouth, um, you hear by your ear <laughs> that sound of, of beating pixie wings. Um, and then it's immediately followed by a note, just a, a single note, uh, a whistling flute, pan flute note. Okay, so that'll give me pause for a moment, but then I chirp chirp up and play a nice little ditty for them. Okay. Um, 
Can you make a charisma saving throw for me? What is happening? Um, I'm good at charisma. That is a 15. 15. Let me see if that does it. Okay. Um, as you begin to play, you feel something. Um, a presence, uh, more of a warmth, really. It's a feeling of belonging and connection that you associate with home. And as you begin to play, um, you hear more of those notes um, in your ear, trying to, trying to guide uh, the song that you play. Um, do you lean into it? Yes. Or do you continue playing your own song? Um, since I'm used to being in a band and following what everybody else does, yeah. It's easy for me to be guided by it. You start to play along with this ethereal spectral um, pan flute sound that is playing uh, in your mind. Um, and as you do so, um, the song itself uh, begins to grow uh, sort of louder within your mind. Uh, it begins to crescendo and, and gain in um, sort of intensity and um, uh, it's as if a, a performer is gaining more and more confidence and you begin to hit the notes alongside it. Can you make a performance check? Uh, that's 16. 16. Um, as this song plays, you begin to feel something that you haven't felt in a long time. Um, and it's something that you didn't even realize you were missing. It's a connection to the Feywild, your home. And it, as you feel it, it suddenly puts into perspective everything that you've been missing since you arrived in this plane. When you first got here, everything was so new and exciting and big uh, compared to your home. But it's only when you start to feel this connection uh, to the plane that you're from that you realize just how little magic this place has compared to your home. You're, you grew up suffused by magic. Magic was everywhere and in everything. Um, and coming here, that just isn't the case. And it envelops you again uh, in sort of a warm and comforting sense as you play along this song with the pan flute uh, that sounds in your mind. Um, and as you are doing this, you hear the group of teenagers go, whoa, look at those sparkles. And you realize that all around you, iridescent sparkles are starting to float in the air. Ah, oh, this is incredible. Um, the, the teenagers are just freaking out as you're um, putting on this show. Um, And uh, as, as the song kind of comes to a close, um, something you notice is the song that you just played, it doesn't feel complete. Um, it, it comes to an end, but it doesn't feel like that's the end of the song, if that makes any sense. Um, mm -hmm. And you feel that sort of connection to, to the Feywild fade a little bit. Um, 
but the the sort of feeling of warmth lingers. Well, thank you guys. I'm really tired, but I really, really appreciate you. And that was so much fun. And oh my gosh, the sparkles. That's one of my favorite songs. I'd forgotten. I'm glad it came back to me. Um, yeah, all of them. So they were they were excited to see you play before, but after this performance, they are completely enraptured by you, um, as if you have just played. Um, shoot, what is your what is your level three feature called? Enthralling performance or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, as if you've just. Uh, played the most enthralling performance of your life. Uh, their eyes are just wide with awe. That was so good! You're amazing! Ah, we're going to have to come back and watch you play again. Well, Nora will be absolutely happy to hear that. And thank you, and I got really got to go. Good night, everybody. She's emotional, and she doesn't want to show it, so she's going to duck out and head upstairs. Yeah, they instantly like put their heads together and you can hear them whispering like, oh my gosh, she came and gave us a private concert. <laughs> Top ends! <laughs> They're just in love with you. So. Oh, that's so sweet. Yep. Uh, so then Tuppence goes upstairs. So that just happened. Rush up to um, tell. To tell. Before, in, in the meantime, before, while you're doing that, I bring embers up to our room. Did Rook stay downstairs for a while? Yeah, Rook is like drinking a little bit more, and then he also watched, probably looked over and watched uh, Tuppence's performance with them. So, okay. so yeah. So, I hold on, Kay, just a second. Let me let me tell um, Rook what he sees then. Okay. Because um, he witnessed Tuppence's performance. Uh, which is something that Tuppence can't do because she was giving the performance. Um, as she started to play this song, uh, you watched as if um, strands of magic were beginning to like form around her um, in the form of these sort of iridescent shining sparkles that just kind of glittered constantly around her form. Uh, but also... For a brief moment, uh, she took on um, a different appearance. She still looked like Tuppence, but um, hold on, I have like something same form here. factor, but or... yeah, she still looked like Tuppence, but um, uh, her fa- her hair took on kind of like a fiery red color with like an orange streak in it, and there was her her eyes became this bright orange. Um, and her wings also gained this red and orange accent to them, but just for like a brief second during her performance, and then it was gone. So I think as Tuppen's like flies past Rook, he's like Tuppen's like we should like, and then he tries to like catch her when she's like, he's like, oh, I'll talk to her later. And he started, and he keeps kind of drinking a little bit and thinking and finishing his what he's drinking. So interesting. Though. Okay. So sorry, Kay, I interrupted, but... No, that's fine. It was a continuation of the scene. Um, Yeah, so while that's happening, Elwyn um, and Embers go upstairs, and Elwyn's like, that was was very exciting. I'm very proud of you. How do you feel? Are you nervous? Are you relieved? Do you feel like you're going to throw up? Because sometimes that happens to me. 
All of those I... things are true. <laughs> Do I need to get you a basin? No, no, I'm, I'm going to be all right. Maybe some fresh air. I can open the window. That would be nice. Thank you. I'll go over and open the window. Say, you and Broca, huh? Broca is a very uh, impressive individual. She's very tall. Very tall. Yes, indeed. Especially to me. I'll go and I'll sit on the floor next to Embers, like a sleepover party or something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is it been, has it been, how long has it been since you've uh, seen someone like this? Well, you seem a little bit rusty. Not yes. that I'm judging. It's been um, 20 years and seven months. Goodness. Do you uh do you have much experience in this area? Like Embers like starts to brag a little bit and then like catches herself because she's remembering other things that happened around that. <laughs> and it's like a bit a little bit quite oh. <laughs> Well, go on. Uh do you wanna know? the details of my love life from 20 well, years Well, I ago. mean, that's... Yes, I do. If you're willing to share. I don't mean to pry, but... Come on, isn't this how girls bond with each other? Mm-hmm. We can have Nora bring us up another bottle of wine. I'm very touched that you want to know about this, Ellen, but... I'm not too proud of some of what happened back then, and I do want to read my book. Oh, well, I understand. I will just say I'm very happy for you, and if you need any tips or tricks or any anyone to go shopping with, or if you want me to do your hair, I am your girl. Although I think Tuppence will probably want to help with the hair part. <laughs> Is there something wrong with my hair? No, but if you, I see that you gave yourself a little bit of a pruning so before you is came it, downstairs. Is it too long? No, no, no. I love your hair, Embers. I just thought, you know, if you wanted to do something special for your date, I wiggle my eyebrows at her. <laughs> I'm here for you. That's all I'm saying. All right, I'll remember that. All right. I'll leave you alone. Can I get you anything? A cup of tea or some hot milk? Give me up the rest of that wine. All all right. (laughs) And I will go back downstairs. (laughs) And Embers is going to settle in with her book. And I have no idea how, like, concentrated she's able to be on it. (laughs) Um, it's, It's a little bit tough to dig into in the beginning. Um, in, in your current mental state. Um, but it's really interesting. So I think like it takes a little while for you to get focused on it, but, um, once you start reading, uh, I think it probably pulls your attention in, in, um, uh, in a, in a good way so that, uh, you're able to focus on it a little bit more. Um, the intro is kind of a, a dense, uh, thesis almost, um, But once you realize what it's talking about, it's really easy to kind of follow the train of thought. 
Um, and basically it's drawing a connection between the energies of life and light, um, citing examples like how plants draw their energy from the sun and use that to grow um, and, you know, flourish and, and live. Uh, and then, you know, other creatures come along and eat the plants and do the same thing, uh, drawing their life from the plants. And then um, humanoids come along and they, you know, they eat those creatures and further continuing the cycle of life. And then they end up growing into plants, which once again, feed from the sun and how it's all connected back to life and light. Um, and so that's one of the, one of the core premises premises. Um, and then uh, it goes on to make connections to the previous book, the martial arts primer, uh, which you've read cover to cover many times. So this is where it gets easier for you to focus um, because it's making connections to familiar material. Uh, and it talks about how something you already knew that, you know, living beings have this life energy within them that you can manipulate uh, if you have, you know, enough control and discipline over your body. Um, and then finally, it posits that it would be possible then if life and light energies are so connected um, to exchange the two. Uh, and then once this thesis section is out of the way, it begins to delve into like more practical martial arts forms um, and exercises to sort of draw out that life energy. And eventually as the forms get more advanced down the line, convert it into light and then how to apply that practically in a fighting style. Okay. Yeah, I think that, fighting? yeah, I think like Embers has so much nervous energy that when she finishes this passage, she's gonna go, she's gonna like go out the window and like climb her way up to the roof and just like start practicing on the roof. Um, it's a nice picture. Yeah. Yeah, just it like is. with with the book open at her at her feet, just like looking down every now and then to make sure she's got it right, and then trying the form a few times. The windmill windmill sails turning slowly in the background as the moon kind of comes up. Um, make a a wisdom check. Okay. Uh, not the best, not the worst. a dirty 10. Dirty 10. Yeah, I think once you start putting the practical forms into place, mm -hmm. it all starts to come together a little bit more. Um, it's, it's slow work, but it begins to come together. And sort of by the end of the night, you've gotten to a place where you can concentrate the life energy within yourself and create a little bit of a glow from your palm. Um, the other thing is that as you're doing this, um, that warmth from the, the holy symbol continues to, you continue to feel that on the top of your chest. Um, and as you spend time, you know, reading this book, practicing the forms, um, you feel yourself, uh, you feel the, the magic within the item reaching out towards you and trying to forge a connection with you. Um, and you can attune to it if you like. Seems like a good opportunity to do that. 
um, when you attune to it, or when, when you allow yourself to connect to the energies of this item, um, you feel uh, just like a, a robust wave of energy fill you, um, vitalizing you and energizing you. And when you let that happen, the glow in your palm increases. It, it just burns brighter um, to the point that you are a beacon in the middle of this uh, dark night. Um, you can attune to, you should be able to find it. Let me just find the item name. Uh, so it's a minor amulet of health. Got it. I am attuned to it now. Cool. Oh, wow. Oh, man. This is so good. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. It's, um, it's, it's Merrimus. It's he has you, your back. So. Helping you in an area that you are not very good at, yes. I assume. Yes. <laughs> helping me in, 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 a, in a thing I needed help with. <laughs> yeah. And so basically, it just like bolsters your life force. And so as you feel that connection, um, that translates to the light that you're trying to produce and it just boing, up into the night sky you create oh, no. this beam the last time that that the my character it was really bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're not wrong yeah no but yeah that's cool thank you is anyone else doing anything tonight oh. yes yes so i go downstairs and i find tess and mm -hmm. I send Tess upstairs with the with a bottle of wine for Embers. Um, and then I look around and I assume Rook is still down there. Yep. So I'll go and I'll I'll sit with Rook at the table and I'll check to see if there's anything left in the bottle that he's drinking from. Yeah, he shares the rest of it with Elwyn. Pours pours her a glass. Welcome back. I would like to roll an insight check on you, Rook, as I walk up. Okay. To get a read. You tell him that? Seems... I mean, you can tell him that. If you want. <laughs> uh, Zach, it kind of seems like there was something in the conversation earlier that she might have picked up on if you want to maybe give her those details based on the role. Okay. I missed my tower. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's a dirty 20. Hey. And yeah. am I deceiving you? Like, I'm not really sure what no, you're insighting I'm... yet. No, no, no. I, so I'm. I have more information about you that I've learned in the past 24 hours. Uh -huh. you, you've opened up to me about stuff. Like you told me people were, were following us. You, you bought this mysterious package. I saw that you had like a strand of white hair when you were sleeping and mm -hmm. you had a nightmare last night, you know? So as I'm walking up and I see you sitting there by yourself, I just want to get a read on your, your mood like, do you seem like you're super lost in thought? Do you seem like like something's really distracting you or bothering you? Um, have I picked up anything in your in your body language that could clue me into like, hey, something else is going on? What are you willing to give me? Um, so when you when you look at when you're like approaching Rook and he's like kind of slowly drinking the wine. Um, you see that he is sort of lost in thought 
uh, if when everyone else was done, I was going to say that Rook was, after watching Tuftus' performance and maybe a little bit here and there, he was trying to communicate with that scary person. Mm. <laughs> scary dream person. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think you, you kind of catch him sort of thinking to that person, trying to communicate. Um, and so you see him sort of like doing a little bit of nods with his head as like as he's he's definitely either deeply thinking about something or there is something on his mind i guess i don't know how else to put it well if you're having a conversation conversation. with that person you do that first sure and i will come in after what do you think when you try and reach out to this entity um rook is i think he just like he thinks, um, hey, I need help with something. Are you there? Voice in my head. There's a period of silence. Okay. Um, and then, what is it that you need help with now, Vertinor? I need to know more about you before I can trust you. If you really are looking out for me. All you need to know about me is that our interests are intrinsically linked for the moment. How did you get here? You know how I got here, Vertinor. I've been here for some time. Dang it! <laughs> I do know how he got there. I was really hoping it wasn't that. Okay. Dang it! <laughs> I've just had no reason to manifest before now. Oh! Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I think... <laughs> Dang, I do know how he got there! <laughs> Dang it. I think... Um... <sighs> So that's that's me reacting, but like, because I know, obviously, but uh, mm-hmm. I think Rook kind of just, he probably just takes in like a deep breath and he comes to the realization that like, he's like, he probably just says, dang it, like out loud, quietly, like just like, oh shit. Precisely, Vertinor, that day in the lab, yep. you know the one. I know what you're talking about. <sighs> So he just kind of like sits and thinks of the past and um, considers his actions. Um, And then he, once he has like a moment to sort of go through these thought processes and, you know, uh, he says, or he thinks, um, you said for the moment though, like what's your, what's your goal now? Now that we are in this... I want what you want. I want them to burn for what they did. Why does that... They were my enemies long before they were yours. I see. Can I roll insight on this scary man? Yeah, absolutely. It might be difficult because it's a a voice in your head. (laughs) Uh, But... What are, you, a, what are you trying to find out? Not a, a lot natural of bo- one, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. 
Yeah, you're just overwhelmed uh, by this yeah, whole I think, situation I think right now. now that he's come to this realization of like, oh, shoot. Like, he's like, he can't, like, he really wants to know this information, but, like, he just cannot get over some of these facts that are, like, being dropped on him. He's like, oh, crap. Um, I think I interrupted somebody. Sorry. What was that? <laughs> okay. I was making I was making a joke about having not any body language to go off. Of <laughs> yes. Yep. Okay. Um. Yeah. I guess we'll get back to that one when I'm less shocked. Um. Okay. Well, I mean that kind of gives me what I'm thinking of. So it's that moment, I guess, that Elwin approaches you. <laughs> and yeah. Elwin approaches what do i see so i think like he is just totally lost in this conversation and then so you probably startle him when you approach him and he kind of like shakes and like looks at you he's like oh and then uh he like looks he, you look at the wine he might look at the wine he might pour you a glass and then it's like did you're back like was it the kind of thing where i approach saying rook Rook and you don't hear me, or you probably don't yeah, it was respond. probably like he was probably just like kind of like rubbing his head and stuff, like just like maybe you know looking at the wall and just like really so like touch your arm or something, and that's what shocks yeah, you. Yeah, and so he gets yeah, and then so he gets shocked into like back to reality. Oh, you're back. Are you all right? Fine. I <laughs> obviously. Really? Yeah. Of course. I mean, you seem to have a lot on your mind today. And not just the stuff that's going on here. I'm a thinker, Elwin. You know, I got a I got a lot of lost a lot of stuff to to think about. Yeah, I can I can see that. I if we uh we don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring, if your head's not in the game, it could be dangerous. And Rick kind of just like nods and is like, well, my head's been in a lot of other people's heads recently too. So, you know, it's maybe getting a little muddy, but I'm sure I'll be fine in the morning. I kind of look at the bottle. How much of this have you been, have you been drinking here by yourself? He looks at the bottle, kind of pushes the bottle behind something. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Look, I, I understand that that everyone has their secrets and and I'm not I'm not going to push you but I am worried I can tell something's wrong um let's see Rook kind of just sits there and kind of just like looks at Ellen for a little bit and just kind of you can tell that like something's on his mind, like he wants to say something, but he just kind of like looks at you, and then... I can see what you're thinking, Vertinor, and it's a bad idea. Yeah, and he doesn't say anything, um, but then he just says... Like, he just pauses and then just says... Yeah. Uh... It's all right. And I will, I'll put my hand on his shoulder and I'll lean in and I'll give him a kiss on the cheek and I'll get up and I'll take the bottle and go back upstairs. <laughs> and then he just kind of like, he kind of just like 
sits there for a little bit, folds his arms, and kind of just looks around, kind of just, you know, letting things kind of drain, I think. I'll stop by the front bar to ask Nora if she's seen Tuppence. Uh, she gave a performance to some teenagers uh, who got really excited, uh, and then I think she flew upstairs. Oh, all right. Thanks, Nora. Hey, that trout was delicious. Oh, uh, thank you. Um, I actually don't work with fish a lot, but I've been thinking about trying to get better at it. Um, I mean, there's so much seafood here in Horizon Trout. I, I you might should as well look try. into getting some salmon. I hear that's pretty popular. She nods. People do like a good salmon. I could give that a try. Thanks for the tip. My pleasure. Good night, Nora. Good night. And I will take the bottle, go upstairs <laughs> again. She kind of goes over, Nora goes over to where Rook is, kind of wiping the counter as she goes. Uh, Rook, I, I know we don't know each other terribly well, and it's probably not my place, but you seem as if you've been a bit um, I don't know, distracted since you got that package. And um, it's probably not important, but when I went out to the market this morning, I thought I saw that same person who delivered the package kind of watching the mill house. And I'm just curious, do I need to be concerned about anything? I think Rook's face shifts from concerned to extremely interested <laughs> during this explanation and he says he says you saw this person wait what were they what do they look like i mean like i said before i never really got a good look at the person um all i really saw was sort of long long blonde hair but I mean, they were wearing a hood, so the face was covered. Um, I, I just saw another, and there, there's plenty of people who wear hoods and, and cloaks <clears throat> and things like that, especially, you know, I guess it wasn't really raining today, so maybe that is a bit odd. But um, Were they wearing any armor or anything? Now that you mention it, yes, I, I think they had a breastplate. Is it? Okay, yeah. Of some sort. I'm not. I'm not very uh, in the know when it comes to armor and weapons and things like that. So I, I couldn't tell you for sure. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, it, it really it could have been anyone. I just thought maybe it was the same person. Mm. Rook seems like he's contemplating, and then um, he looks at Nora and says, "I." I don't think you need to be concerned. I mean, it was a care package of sorts. Okay, okay. That's good. I mean, just based on how distracted you were, I was wondering if it was a bit more of an ominous delivery, but if it's just a, if it was just a care package, then I'm not concerned. Yeah, it's just I mean, I'm mainly distracted over a lot of other things, and so I guess it's just coincidental. Sorry to sorry to worry you. No, uh, like I said, it's really none of my business. I just, you know, I wanted to double check to be sure. And look, you and the rest of the Silva Seekers, uh, I, I've, you took care of the Doppelrat problem. Um, I know you're capable, so 
well, all my point is, I'm sure I was worrying for nothing, and I'm relieved to hear you say that. I I appreciate you worrying for us, and um, I think everything will be fine. Thanks for taking Good care of know. us so far. We appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I do hardly anything. I just put food on the table. That's that's what we we like, though. Uh, and she kind of slides over like a bowl of um, peanuts towards you. Mm-hmm. Uh, soak up the alcohol a little bit. Thanks, Nora. <laughs> You'll feel starts, better in the morning. Yeah, he starts. He starts eating the peanuts at her at her request. He's like, "That's probably a good idea." <laughs> yeah, and then she leaves you alone. Okay. Uh, however, Molo, totally not picking up on the mood, comes and sits on the like the bar or sits on a bar stool next to you, uh, grabs some peanuts from the bowl, just like throws them in his mouth without taking the shells off. So what, what you doing? Having a good night? It's pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> and Rook will like grab a small handful and like just push the bowl over towards him so he can take whatever he wants and then kind of just eat out of the, his hand. Um, and then says, yeah, just kind of, you know, letting everything kind of soak in. We've been, we've been pretty busy. What about you? Oh, you know, it's um, it's it's different, you know, being here. I I kind of miss my my den, but um, Tess keeps saying it's really dangerous out there right now, and that I should stay here. So um, it probably is for a few more days, Molo. Really, I'm just doing it to make her feel better. But I'm I'm excited to go back home. Yeah. Also, but you see the dragon around here, though, right? Yeah, it's true. And he kind of like looks around. <laughs> Malt's already gone to bed, um, so he's he's nowhere to be seen. But um, Molo also says, "And um, your friend Embers, she's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but also kind of scary, you know? Like intimidating, but like, like in a cool way. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Do you think she teach me how to do that? How to be like." Like, cool, but also scary, you know? Hmm. Rook kind of just sits and thinks for a second. Maybe, but maybe you should just watch and mimic that instead. Well, to be honest, I tried that, but, like, she wasn't doing anything cool or, or scary, like, <laughs> at dinner, you know? So I was I was watching, but... Maybe just keep watching, then. So you think I shouldn't ask her? Hmm... Yeah, you're right. It's a bad how idea. About, I'm, I'm how not about, gonna, I'm not maybe, gonna talk maybe to you. Maybe I'll maybe I'll ask for you. you okay, okay. okay. Yes. I, she might listen to you. I don't think she'd listen to me. Little little cobalt, little no punk cobalt. But I mean you did a good Why job, you know, protecting our table and so I mean that was kind yeah, of he kinda good. puffs his chest yeah. out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not sure nobody sits in your spot. Yeah, see that's that's you know, strong and you know, like embers and he kind of nods. Yeah, um, with your promise to talk to Embers for him, he kind of, um, like, it looks like he's accomplished his goal, so he, like, takes another <laughs> handful of peanuts, throws them in his mouth, and, like, uh, okay. it's like, oh, right, I'm going to go uh, to bed now, I think. It's getting All late. Right, good night. Good night. And he marches upstairs. Great. Uh, Rook also thinks to this entity, for the moment, I suppose, what can I call you? Um, you don't get a response to that. 
All right. So you guys want to call you scary dream person, or you know, he's, he's thinking these weird, you know, unflavorful names, or like you know, scary sounding person. Yeah, the voice seems to have gone dormant for the moment. There's just no okay. response. All right. What is Tuppence getting up to? We haven't heard from Tuppence in a while after the performance. Okay, so Tuppence would have uh, flown up to the room, tired but uh, puzzled and excited about what just happened during the performance. Yeah, you'd and... see Tess leaving the room, having attempted to deliver a bottle of wine to Embers, who wasn't there because she's climbed up on the roof. No, I, th I think at this point in the night, Embers is still reading the book. I mean, there's, okay. there's a lot to go over. Right, right. Then, yeah, Tess would have just delivered a, a bottle of wine to Embers and then sees you yeah. in the... So to pour a little bit, a little bitty glass of wine to kind of help her sleep and, and get ready for bed. But she'll notice that Embers is studying and sees the pictures of kind of like the martial arts pictures. And, mm -hmm. and she'll say to Embers, oh my gosh, you're so good at that. All I'm good at is partial arts. Have you seen my notebook? It's half filled with bard songs that I'm working on. I like the one that you said to us, recited to us. That was a good one. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I have fun with them, but sometimes I get a bit stuck. I need a little nudge. I'm sure everybody goes through that. Some kind yeah, of I think more than others. you're looking for? <laughs> That's the word. Hmm. Definitely not amused enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's it going, brave one? Uh, it's going very well. Tonight was very successful. Today, today was very successful for all of us, don't you think? I think so. A very banner day for the Silver Seekers. Oh yeah! I'll drink to that. Me too. Clink. Yeah, clink. <laughs> what do you think we should do next? Well, I want to wrap up this business really quickly because I'm so excited about our key. <laughs> Aren't you? I'm excited about a lot of things, Stephens. Yeah. Your upcoming kind of thingamajig, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, that's one of them. <laughs> I'm I'm glad I got to know all of you. I think I can take a little bit of influence from each of you and tonight uh, not only for your bravery but Ellen Ellen has this way about her that can well I think she brings out the best in people don't you I Ellen sneezes downstairs <laughs> I wish I had Seven more, of times. That, more of that quality ah <laughs> uh, so do I so do I and you, your calm demeanor. I'm a bit flighty, wouldn't you say? <laughs> <laughs> Do I seem calm to you? Very. Oh, wow. Why do you think I'm always flying on your shoulder? 
Uh, I thought it was because my shoulder is a very soft place to be. Well, that too. That's a bonus, though. <laughs> I hope you don't mind. Oh, no, I appreciate it. It's always nice to have a companion. Yes, that's exactly how I feel. Hmm. I'm glad you feel the same. Are you going to read a while more? I might be up for quite some time, actually. Okay. I'll go um, make a different place to curl up then, because I'm pretty pooped. Sorry about that. No problem. No problem. You do you. Sleep well. Thanks. You too. Steady up. Um, So Tuppence goes to sleep, and probably around then, I guess, is when embers would crawl out the window. (laughs) A little while later, uh, Elwyn comes up, and then finally, Rook. Uh, Is there anything else that the group of you would like to do with your evening? As you come into the room, one by one, you just see Tuppence is snoozing. (laughs) If I come up there and I see that Tuppence is sleeping, um, I might find a little piece of blanket or something to like cover her with mm-hmm. <laughs> like fold the blanket around so that she's covered by it wherever she is um and i think i would probably finish off the bottle of wine by myself and i would sit on the windowsill and just look out at the sky and just think um stay up as you look out at the sky uh you can see um a variety of you like you can see the lights begin to come on or well they I guess they've been on for a while but um the electric lights in the city streets are kind of illuminating um the city and from this position you can actually see quite a distance um these lights appearing um it's a clear night sky um it's tough to see too many of the stars because of the you know the electric lights in the streets um but the moon is is bright, um, and it's a a pretty night. You occasionally see like flashes of light coming from the top of the mill house, just these um, more golden in color lights than the moonlight. Um, and as you're sitting there, um, you feel kind of like a, a chill by you. Um, and you turn and you see looking out the window with you, um, the masked lady with her, her porcelain mask decorated with moving flurries of snow. Um, and she turns her golden eyes towards you and says, you've had an eventful day. Yeah, uh, that I'm bushed, if I'm being honest. That was... That was a lot. I, uh, it's no wonder, I'd imagine. I owe a lot to the group I'm with, Rook especially. I don't know what I would have, what would have happened to me if he hadn't picked me up off the floor back there. He has proven to be quite the reliable ally for you, hasn't he? I know you told me that maybe I shouldn't trust him, but he hasn't done anything untrustworthy yet. I mean, no, on the contrary, I think he's he's done quite a bit to prove himself. I, I don't rescind what I said. I, I believe he has secrets. Yeah, and I, I agree with you about that. No one wants to talk to me. 
this is so different from at home, you know, like my little cousins will come with me every time they step a toe or someone calls them a name at school. They come to me and they tell me everything. I don't know how to deal with this. The world is a complicated place and people have a lot of difficult problems that they often aren't, you know, willing or ready to open up about. But the bonds that you're developing with these these friends of yours, they're real and they're significant. And I think you just need to give it time. Do you know anything about Amber Hearth? It rings a bell. I think I think what that squall gentleman said is true. I think there are some drow that dwell beneath that city. I, I recall learning such a thing. But I, I mean, what would mother have to do there? Uh, I can't say. Um, but it's not as if we have any other leads at the moment, right? We came to the Empire knowing that she's, she's somewhere here. And she's not here in Port Horizon Shroud, so... And we can't stay in Horizon Shroud forever. We have to move on eventually. The lead of the lead, I guess. And I am interested to meet people who aren't from Bulgaria. At the very least, that should be a learning experience. It is very interesting here. It will probably be the warmest place you've ever visited in your life, if I had to guess. That's not really a high bar. <laughs> Am I... Am I making the right choice? In what? Some part of me thinks I should just get on the next ship and head back home sometimes. I feel like a fool here sometimes. I'm no match for some of these people. And look, look at Ambrose, how big and strong she is, and she knows how to fight and protect herself. All I know is that the magic that my father taught me and that's just plants and, and animals. And I don't want to hurt anybody. I didn't come here to fight. I can help you build on that foundation, though. I understand not wanting to fight. I do. Sometimes it's necessary. And I think your friends will help you out when those situations arise. Another well, benefit just, of those just... deepening bonds of yours. This whole mess with this, this brotherhood, there's going to be some big danger and a lot of people are going to be in trouble. I don't know what I can do. I'm just one person. I'm just one little elf girl, you know? This is true, but does the situation improve without you? I imagine you get on a ship and, and you leave. Do the people fare any better? I don't know. I don't. I mean, Torin and the, the, the wardens know about what's going on now, so they're meant to protect the people, right? right? Yes. But there's limits to what they can do, just like there's limits to what you can do. 
There's no perfect answer, but I think when the time comes, Elwyn, you'll know what to do. I just... This isn't my country, you know? Should I even be meddling? I wonder about that, too. But I just can't help myself, you know? These people need help. Someone's got to help them. Exactly that, Elwyn. Exactly that. You have a heart that wants to help people, even when maybe it's not your business. I think that's noble. And I think that means more than you think. I just hope it doesn't get me in any more trouble than I'm already in. She um, kind of shrugs and says, it might. But if it does, I'll be here with you. And I think your friends will too. Whatever Rook might be hiding, I think that him and the others truly do care for you. Well, I like them all a lot too. I didn't have many friends back home, you know, so this is, it's great fun, but I, I'm glad to have you with me. Well, I'm glad to be with you. Uh, I, I know a thing or two about feeling isolated and alone. Um, I get through it by finding beauty in, in the small things. I, I look out on the natural world and I see flurries of snowflakes drifting down slowly in a perfect dance beneath the moonlight. And that's my calm, that's my peace. And I think you just need to find yours. The stars do look really pretty tonight. I look back out the window. They certainly do. Uh, and there's a another chill as uh, flurries of snow drift past you out the window and up into the sky and she vanishes. I'll spend a little bit more time by the window and eventually go over and sit propped up against the pillows and enter into my trance. I think, I think Embers might come down through the window like half an hour later. Would you notice that from your trance or not? I mean, not if you were quiet. Like if you like fell onto the floor and knocked <laughs> something over, I'd probably notice. But with as quiet as you are, probably not. So okay. Rook was going to stay up for a little bit in the room, so he'd probably notice you coming through the window. Oh, okay. So I figured he would talk to with Molo, and then that's about the same time Elwin was talking with this person, and then mm -hmm. probably come up afterwards. Yeah. Oh, uh, hi, Rook. Like looks at the window like, oh. Is this how you always come into the room? I didn't notice. No, usually I take the stairs. Okay. What's this is a special occasion? Well, I was up on the roof. And I, I don't think that there are stairs up there. I see. What what's up on the roof? Is everything okay? It's just open space. And that's important? Well, I'm trying out a few things. Oh. Okay. Do you have, like, the book with you or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then so Rook kind of looks at the book, like, those things? like. Yeah, I, I think, I think like, when she says trying out a few things, she okay. just kind of, like, holds up the book by way of explanation. Oh, okay. Is that, that's something you just got. That's cool. That's very interesting. It is, it is. Very interesting. How'd that go? Did you make progress? 
Yes, I'm. I'm learning things. Good. Okay. Um, what? You, I, I think she sees like Elwyn tranced and Tuppence asleep under the little tiny blanket, and says, "You're still awake." Yeah, and so you see on the little desk that's there, Rook has a bunch of papers sort of strewn about, and he also has mm -hmm. the serpent skin notebook there as well. And um, he said he kind of looks back when Embers looks at his the desk that he's using and says, "Yeah, I'm just trying to get things on paper and kind of work through. I, I feel like this book still has some secrets that we can get information from, so I'm just trying to get that. And also, I have some own some of my own things I'm I'm thinking of. And you can see sort of like some designs for some armor and stuff yeah. um, on papers." some like measurements and, and stuff like that. And then that there's like a liquid there on the desk as well, like a mercury colored liquid. Yeah. Rook, what, what are our next steps? What are we doing? <sighs> that's a good question. I think that's open for the group to discuss. Um, can I, can I tell you something? My, my personal thoughts on this? Of course. I'm not sure we should get further involved, members. It seems a little dangerous for us, and it's really not our place to protect the city, that we're not hired to do that. But at the same mm -hmm. time, I know we we know that there's some dangerous things happening, and maybe we should see it through. So I'm, I'm a bit torn myself. I see what you mean. I think but... that if, if Torin comes to us and asks for us specifically, I'd feel more inclined, but... I don't know. I, I feel like we're overstepping at this point. We've done as much as he's asked us to so far, and it's really up to them to protect everybody, don't you think? To police no, I us? Don't. No, I, I don't. You think that we should help out since we're involved? Rook, remember that we are on this case to begin with because Torin came to us. And Torin came to us because he heard his own... And like Ember says, wardens with some difficulty. <laughs> okay. Aw. Um, he heard them talking about the shipment and, and hired us to find out what this shipment business was, but they're in on it, Rook. We can't trust the wardens to stop the Brotherhood. That's a valid point that I overlooked. Um... <sighs> no, I hear what you're saying. Um, and I'm I'm willing to come along. I just have a little bit of reservation with putting ourselves in this type of danger when we know what sort of dangers there are. You know, are we really equipped I... to handle this? I think that finding the right people and trusting them with the information is noble enough. Who are the right people if not us? I mean, it sounds like the governor and her aide or spy person. She might, might be... die if we don't do something. And yeah, then where we'll, right. And then we'll report Horizon Shroud B. I can't answer that. But, I mean, a lot of times cities and, and people come and go before you want them to. Um, Ember's just like nods slowly at that, but is obviously not convinced and seems a little disappointed by this answer. If that's what you think. Well, I mean, again, I'm 
I'm up for discussion on this. I think that I'm a little, as you can see, um, I'm I'm a little split. I don't want us to put I don't want us to be in danger, but I think that we have gone far enough that we want to see th something through to make sure that everybody everybody else in the city is safe as well. So, I agree that we should put it up to the group. Mm -hmm. Certainly, I don't trust my own sense of morality here. <laughs> well, why don't we talk about it in the morning at least? That sounds good. With everybody, when we're all rested and you know, maybe Tarn will come knocking on the door, and we'll have our answer right there, and you know, be invigorated and ready to to help out the city. Emmer's nods and goes looking for a corner to curl up in. Okay. By the way, Tempent snores really loud for a time. <laughs> it's like a whole hornet's nest over there. In wow. The it's a bunch of bees. <laughs> if if Elwyn's there, would oh, you say, no. help, I'm covered in bees? <laughs> okay. Uh, so Rook is the last one up mm -hmm. into the night with a little lantern on the desk, I guess. Yeah, so he's... he. He wants to get more information out of the uh, serpent skin notebook, and then he's also working, like I said, on like some designs. And then he's How also. How late do you stay up? Because my trance is only four hours long. I mean, depending on how he, how involved he gets into this, he might just for lose track of time. So... The book and the the project are both going to probably take a couple hours, so he's probably still awake. Yeah. Uh, the question is, which do you want to tackle first? Um. I think he would tackle the design stuff first. Okay. Um, so when Elwyn awakes from her trance, what does she see as Rook has sort of finished that project and begun to move on to the next? So there's two things that, well, she sees like sort of a small stack of uh, loosely like just placed papers. Um, with the designs on it, and then he, he sees she sees that he has the notebook open, and he's like making notes and kind of thumbing through it and like scratching his head, trying to like discover any other pieces of information. And then there's also just a sheet of blank paper that's just off in the corner, sort of out of place, uh, with with a, like a quill next to it. And then that's it. So she doesn't see any evidence of your your first project with the design. No, it's there. Yeah, it's just kind oh, of, it's all it's the papers. Kind of like, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. the papers that are just kind of like stacked. So loosely. you haven't done anything actually with the liquid. Oh well, yeah, I I guess, uh, I think he probably would have put it back. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Maybe maybe he save it, it for the kinda, morning. That's fair. Well, it'd be kind of loud. I think is what his That's thoughts true. are. You know, having to like use tools. He's trying to. So keep you get all the quiet. designs worked out. Yeah, but he does You don't like actually the, do any of the exactly. Tinkering. Yeah, all the all the like thinking. And then he'll do the actual labor, maybe tomorrow or the night in the morning. Okay. So yeah, then you'd see Rook kind of pulling out the the snakeskin notebook as well. Okay. Um, if that's the case, I will kind of look around a little, not so disoriented as like someone who actually sleeps, but a little bit of like that coming into consciousness fog where I kind of take stock of the room and, and what's happening and I see that Rook's sitting there 
and I'll get up and walk over and kind of put a hand on his shoulder as I look over at the desk and the things that are there and I'll just say quietly you have you not slept were you trying to like sneak up on him or just kind of just no well I approached quietly because people are sleeping okay I just wanted to make sure yeah so he doesn't but if you want to be so incredibly focused in your work that you get startled that's up to you um I think if you're not trying to like actually scare him he probably just like shakes a little bit as it like you know jumps just ever so slightly and like uh, like wakes up noticing there's someone else there mm. um and then it says what what time is it i don't and he kind of like looks for like a clock he, like he pulls out like a, a uh, he actually pulls out like a pocket watch and looks at I'll that i'll just reach and i'll take the journal from him and set it on the desk closed you need to get some rest I just, this, let me just finish this can this. wait no. this can wait until tomorrow rook please. i mean i just want something to you know we can go talk to about sleep. go to sleep this just, 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 just a little go to sleep <laughs> please um there was one other thing you wanted to do but uh i don't know if we can fit it in before this conversation happens um <laughs> just kind of like reach for the notebook be like I just i'm i think i'm on i'll grab something. it and just hold it <laughs> what if what if you can we just do it together then for i a i'll take a look at it while you're sleeping you All can't right? read it well you don't know that <laughs> even pictures kinda, or something he kind of folds his arms he's like okay you, you read that page and like read the read the page that i have the little marker in go to sleep and i will read it to you <laughs> in the morning uh, but place. I mean, it, there's on, nothing it's... in here that can't wait until tomorrow. Mm. We're kind of just looks a little grumpy. <laughs> well, no wonder it's late. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's probably like what, like two, two in the morning, three in the morning, maybe yeah, three in the morning yeah. by now. So. Yeah, Rook's like, okay, um, fine. It, Rook being sort of like an intelligent person, uh, kind of now that you're thinking about it, if you stay up much later, you You'd probably aren't going to get enough sleep to you know get a full rest. You'll probably wake up exhausted in the morning. Okay, and so Rook kind of, uh, I don't want to say like silently fumes for a minute, um, but he, he does look a little grumpy and he's like, maybe you're right. And I he, hope you don't have any nightmares tonight. And he kind of like looks around. He's like, "Yeah, that would be. No one likes nightmares." But then I he kind nod. of he kind of like stands up, and then as he's walking by, Ellen kind of like squeezes her shoulder and says, "Thanks," and then goes and retires to his bed. I'll sit at the desk and I will thumb through the pages of the notebook. And wait for him to fall asleep before I even think about leaving it. Depending on how alone. time he had, he was trying to like figure out if there's anything there and actually write it in like common. Mm. Anything he found. Um, you didn't really have time okay. beyond like doing your designs. No problem. Yeah. Okay. So maybe he just like started it by the time that uh, Ellen yeah. got up. Yeah. I'll yeah, there might be like some it, notes in the beginning, or pictures uh, or anything. Yeah. 
Rook might have had time to make some notes and begin in the beginning about like how the cipher works in Draconic, but that's not really useful for uh, right. Elwin. Um, you do see uh, on one or two of the pages that same symbol that Rook spotted, um, the strange dragon with a third eye in the center of its head and runes on its horns and under its uh, left and right eyes. Uh, and then its face kind of culminating in those strange tentacle-like appendages. Um, what languages does Elwyn speak? Elwyn speaks abyssal, common, druidic, elvish, and undercommon. Okay. Um, the symbols on it don't don't seem to mean anything to you, unfortunately. Okay. But they don't look like draconic. They don't look. They don't match the script of the rest of the journal. Um, after a little while, I don't find anything. My eyes will wander to the other papers that are on the desk, especially the blank one. And I'll sit there. Wait until I hear Rook's breathing change. I'll set the journal down and I'll just go back to my bed and find something else to occupy my time with. Do a little bit of uh, meditation. Zach, on the papers, would she just basically see designs for armor and things like that? Yeah, so I think so. I kind of had a visual image of how the desk was, but on like the right side, there was like sort of a array of like, you know, clutters of papers. And those would have like measurements, designs for like, it looks like um, some sort of like different versions of like a, an armor, um, like a plate armor and like in some other types. And then you can see that liquid there. And you might be able to glean that this is for that or something. Um, and then the center was where he was going to start looking through the Serpents and Notebook. So he kind of had things prepared to kind of like start writing things down and stuff like that. And then the left side, there was like just a paper there that didn't have anything on it. It was just kind of like over in the corner, kind of like the next, maybe like the next thing in line or something. Yeah, there's an order to the disorder, it seems. But so do you like inspect anything or are you like looking for something? I think I'm just kind of looking at it. I I mean, I helped you so, with your research the other day, so yeah. I don't know how much insight that would give me into what exactly do you, you're doing here. Do you but want to roll insight check? Cuz I can I'm thinking of some stuff. It'd probably be more sure. of an arcana check or something like that. Well, it's specific uh, on what you want to find. Like if you're like, if your true. eyes are kind of going towards, if you're like, oh, these are just d design things. I don't care. Or if you're like looking for something, something else. I'm not looking for anything in particular. I think I'm just curious about what you've been up to. Yeah. I mean, you can go ahead and roll. I have, I have some, I have some thoughts. Ooh, it's another good roll. If it's insight, it is. 22. Okay. So I would say what you find on the blank sheet of paper that's on the left side is you see like these really strange, not, not maybe not strange, but you see like crease marks on it where it's like somebody who's like, and this might've been better for like investigation, but you see like, it's like someone who like held this paper and like stared at it for a while. And like, they're like, they put it down, picked it up, put it down, picked it up. And they're like, it, they just don't know what to do with it type of thing. Like, it's just like something that got handled a lot, but nothing's written. Um, and it's like pushed like kind of neatly into the corner. And then, um, otherwise, if you wanted information on like the designs, or if you want to just know that they're like like they're boring armor designs, you don't care. 
I mean, so I am not knowledgeable about this area. Um, but if I can tell their armor designs and that you're planning to use that liquid that we looked yep. at together, that's, that's what enough I think, for yeah, me. I think it's, I think that's, that's good enough. That's what I'm yeah. en that's enough for me. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, that's interesting. You like see okay, like the footnotes cool. and you're like, you can see that it's like the liquid or something, or it's like, you know, yeah. mercury liquid or something. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting in the way that someone who doesn't have any, any history studying that field is interested in it. Like, oh, cool. All right, I can kind of see maybe what's going to happen here. Be interesting to see, kind of thing. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's that's the so level of my curiosity. Everyone else snoozes through the night, has a peaceful, nice night's rest. Um, Elwyn kind of meditating and keeping watch over everyone. Um, in the morning, uh, you hear a sound at the window. It's a Tap 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 tap. Tap tap tap. I'll, tap, tap. I'll go to the window, try to get to it before it wakes the rest of the party up. Um, when you kind of pull back the curtains a little bit to look out there, um, you see this sort of um, storm cloud gray, uh, tiny drake, similar size to malt, um, but unlike malt. Uh, who has this kind of rotund body. This drake has a very long, thin, streamlined body and kind of oversized wings. Um, and it is perched on the roof outside the window and tapping on the window with a claw. And when it sees the curtain get pulled aside, it just kind of looks quizzically at you. I will open the window just a little bit and say, can I, can I help you? There are people sleeping in here. Um, it tries to snake its head in. I block it. Yeah. Okay. With my hands. Um, it it doesn't try and force its way past your hands. It moves back, like it it stumbles backwards a bit um, on the roof. Uh, it kind of regains its footing, um, and then it kind of gives you a close look and opens its mouth. Um, and a sound comes out. Oh dear. Hold on. Let me just find my note here. That's better than the breath weapon. I thought that you had a face. <laughs> I know. Run. I was, I was like, oh no, uh, are yeah. you going to fry my head? I was worried about you, Duck and Run. <laughs> um, I thought drinks were good. <laughs> not all of them. Uh, the sound yeah, of a voice dear. comes out. It says, Silver Seekers, Governor Nyasa requests you visit her court this afternoon to discuss a matter of great importance. Bring the attached writ. Um, and as that voice comes out of its mouth, uh, it then shuts its mouth. And you can see there's actually, uh, between its oversized wings, there's a leather tube strapped to its back on like a kind of a harness. And the lid on that pops open as soon as the um, last word comes out of its mouth. Um, and you can see a piece of paper in there and it kind of like bends down for you to reach in. Okay, I very gingerly take it out of the tube. Th thank you. We'll be there. It makes kind of like a, a chirping sound. Uh, and then I kind of with... <laughs> reach out my finger tentatively to like give it a little scritch on its chin. 
Yeah, it kind of like nervously accepts the, the scritch and then like bats its oversized wings and boom, zooms up into the sky at a really quick rate. Um, Have a nice day. And you watch as it, it almost disappears against the clouds above. Um, it's like the same color as the sky above, but you manage to track it heading back towards um, Harbor Watch Citadel. I think that's what the Citadel's called. Um, All right. And yeah, you hold right, in your I hand close the this, this and paper. Open the, uns- um, unscroll it? Unravel it? Well, it's actually, yeah. it's it's sealed with um, a wax seal. Uh, kind of like, has a picture. It's like this oval shape that is bisected by a wavy line that uh, very much appears to be like um, water. Uh as if it's like the ocean. And then there is the profile form of a dragon uh, on both sides of the water line, kind of mirrored against each other. Um, and this is, you've seen this before. This is the um, sigil of Port Horizon Shroud. Um, and on the paper, on the outside of the paper, where did my note go? Um, Nope, that's it. That's it. Yep, and I think that's a good place to. Oh, end. I can't open it and read it because I would immediately do that. <laughs> oh, you want to do that? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you open it up. You break the wax seal. You open it up and you start to read, um, and it's instructions to the Harbor Watch Citadel guard to let the group of you in. Okay. And I think that's a good place to end tonight's episode. <laughs> okay. Great. Wonderful. Yay. Um, yeah, that was a good episode. Thank you guys for yeah. playing. Thank you to anyone who came around to watch. Um, we'll be back with more of this Monday, 7 p.m. Pacific time. I think things are going to start getting pretty exciting. Um, the group Woo! of you, uh, the uh, players will all be leveling up to level three now. Uh, oh, boy. You didn't Should we catch roll on. HP real quick? Uh, we could do that real quick if you guys want to. Sure. Yeah. Grab my D8 that I didn't think I was going to use today. <laughs> hey, that's a good roll. How'd you do, Yay. Embers? I got a six. Six plus your new constitution bonus new for mode. tuning to yep. the item. Yeah. Uh, how did Rook do? I got a four. Not bad. It's yep. kind of average for you. Uh, Elwin? About average. I got a five. That's pretty good. Yeah. And On a D8, yeah. I got a four also. About average as well for Tuppence. Cool. Um, so yeah, we'll pick up Monday, 7 p.m. Pacific time. These guys will be level three. Um, things should start to get pretty exciting from now on. So hope to see you back then. It wasn't Thanks already. for watching. Good night. <laughs> see ya. Bye. Bye.